Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. It's time for the Roundtable with Round Daddy. Hey, Round Daddy. The Roundtable with Round Daddy. Me, James Strebel, Big Daddy. With your host, James Strebel. Hey, Round Daddy, James Strebel. Gotcha. On ESPN 680 and 105.7. L's down, baby. L's down. L's down for life. L's down. All right. L's down. L's down. Bang, bang, bang. Hello, hello. Happy Valentine's Day. It is your girl, Anna Tarullo, filling in for James Schriebel today on the round table. Got my boy, Zachy C, on the ones and twos. L's down, baby. L's, L's down. down for what, my man? Uh, Valentine's Day had a great fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras yesterday. We were at the Blind Squirrel. It was me, Jay Schriebel, Louis Rabot, James Black was with us. We had one heck of a time. Love it out there, but Valentine's Day. I'm a big Valentine's Day fan. I want to know your all's thoughts and feelings. The love doctor is in. I want to know your questions. I want to know your plans. Be nice on the text line today because I have to be in charge of it. Give us a text what you're doing today, what you like about Valentine's Day, what your grievances are, what you're getting your significant other. If you have any questions, I want to know. Or if you want to send me flowers, you're allowed to do that too. Just give us a text 437-9680. We're going to have Mark Lee Lieberman, I think, is going to hop in a little bit later with me. We're going to have, it was going to be Kendrick Haskins, but he's got a lead. Um, I think the 4 p.m. news over there. So we got Dusty Baker joining us. We got, who else? We got uh, my boy Jack Grossman's going to join us. That's right. And I think James Black will be back with us a little bit later. But for now, got my boy, Zachy C. Zach, what is going on? Uh, happy up, Valentine's up. Day happy to Valentine's you. Happy Valentine's Day. Earlier, I gave relationship advice. Did How you? about that? You yeah. did not. What yes, did you did. say? Oh, I just said the simple stuff like communication okay. is key. You know, don't don't overcomplicate things. I think my biggest pet peeve with Valentine's Day is couples that today is like the big day and the other 364 days a year you don't show don't as much matter. love as you should. Yeah. Like, come on, guys. Like, today should be just another day it's as far as your relationship day. is concerned. Keep it simple, stupid. That's basically... K-I-S-S. That's there basically you go, my man. whole thing. Hey, I gave that advice. Louis said it was good relationship advice. I was not expecting Did that. Did he? Louis gave you a compliment. Yeah, how about... He usually does. He's pretty good at All that. All right, Big Lou. Let's but that's go. for my sports knowledge, not for my uh, escapades. Not for your, not for your love. No, list. no. What else was on the list? I'm dying to know. <laughs> that was pretty much. That's it. pretty like, much it. Just yeah, be nice today. Just, yeah, be nice. Like, oh, and uh, if she likes small stuff, mm-hmm. do that. Do Hopefully that. Not <laughs> the small thing, but do the you know, small stuff. Do some things that are off the wall, off the wall, not off the wall, but off the grid, like off the romantic. Cuff, like, if there's small things she likes that maybe she doesn't expect you to remember just do something like that like you don't need the fancy going out 
hundred dollars dinner or whatever. Yeah. Just stay at home, have a candlelight dinner, do okay. more intimate, romantic, all that kind of stuff. If that's your thing. Now, do you cook? Like, would you cook in that situation? If I had to, yeah. If you I'm had not a to? big cooker, but not a big cook. No. Fat, yeah. I, by the way, unrelated note: no plans for Valentine's. Day. Yeah, I was just gonna ask you <laughs> if you have plans. I don't have plans either, but man, I love it. I, any chance to kind of do a theme? I got my conversation heart earrings in today. I just love a good theme. I don't have any plans. I don't even have a Valentine. Guess what? That's okay. It does not mean that the day is not just as special. I love it. Did you get wild for Fat Tuesday, Zach? Did you do any any sinning or anything like that? I don't need to you know? use Fat Tuesday as a reason <laughs> to do that. I mean, I can sin any day. Oh, man. Now, okay, I got to ask you, are you giving anything up for Lent? Do you do that? No, I'm not Catholic. You're not so. Catholic. Okay, is that just a Catholic thing? I don't even know. I, I don't even know if it is just a Catholic thing, but it's not a my thing. It's not, I don't a, give it's up not a Zachy C thing. No, he ain't like, giving up nothing. I see all these people like, oh, I'm giving up drinking 40 days. Like, uh-uh. No yep, way. Nope. Not, not giving it. up that, not giving up sweets, none of that. I still want to eat my chocolate. I don't need a date. I don't need any yeah. you know, partner or whatever. I like chocolate, too. I do, too. Men, men like chocolate. It's okay. Men like chocolate, too. Yes, Let's we do. be fair. Let's be real about it. So a few things to talk about um, today. Let's start with the cats. Zach, you see, I would just like to go on record saying that last uh, yesterday's show at the Blind Squirrel, I made two predictions. I'm pretty hyped for myself because I said cats were going to win by 12. Guess what? They do it mm-hmm. over Ole Miss and Chris Beard. And then I thought Boston College Louisville game would have been a little bit closer. I was predicting like a 78, 82, 83 win for BC. Uh, what was it? 89, 77, I think was that game. Yeah, 89, 77. Uh, and they led by eight at half. It was 47-39. Right. 50 to 30 in the second half. But they put up 77, so I think I'm on track here. Yeah. But good, good job by you. Um, what'd you think? How did the post game go for the Cats yesterday? We Zach? didn't get a ton of calls because it was late night and there really wasn't much to talk about as far as the fans. They usually are more riled up when they lose and celebratory when they win. Mm-hmm. But I think yesterday was different than, say, the Vanderbilt win last week, which was okay, they're just beating up on a bad team. Ole Miss came in 18 and 5. They're a it's borderline a tournament team. Like, I, they're going to make the tournament in all mm-hmm. likelihood. They don't have a ton of great wins, but you can't lose four in a row at home in Rupp, and especially if the way the Gonzaga game went on Saturday. It was a more, not a must win, but it was a cannot lose, and they didn't. I mean, Onyenso was fantastic. Ten blocks really just completely changed the momentum of the game defensively, and they had a slow start. They kept turning the ball over a lot mm-hmm. early on, but they had a 25-8 run to end the first half, which was, I think, their best stretch of basketball against yeah. a quality opponent probably all year. Four different guys in double figures, and it didn't take Antonio Reeves going for 30 or Reed Shepard going for 30. Mm-hmm. Nobody really had a dominant game, but they were able to shoot the ball well. They did a better job taking care of the ball, and I, I thought they did a really good job on the defensive end. Part of that's because Ole Miss missed some shots. But yeah. it's a defense that's been giving up 80, 90 points a game. They hold Ole Miss to 63 while scoring only 75 themselves. So I look at this as a quality win. Now, I need to see it on the road at Auburn or on the road against LSU or next week against Alabama. I think that's a big three-game stretch coming up for this team. But I think yesterday was a big first step, if nothing else, to stop the bleeding. Completely agree. And I thought it was a get-right game. But I also would chalk it up to, this is what I said about the Vanderbilt game, uh, you know, fool's gold. You 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 have the opportunity to, to get your confidence right, to prove some things, um, maybe get some lineups uh, in order, which 
I'm not quite sure that they did that. But yeah, it's great. I don't have extreme takeaways from the Ole Miss game. Uh, Ole Miss has a worse defense than Kentucky, so I'm not surprised that Kentucky got it going offensively. Um, there were still a few hiccups defensively. Perimeter looked better. Rob Dillingham looked so much better on defense. That was a big yes, takeaway um, from me yesterday. I just there's certain points in that second half where Cal took him out that I just straight up do not understand. I think it's a he played 19 minutes. That's not enough. No, and, and there was sometimes the second he's the only guy really creating for you, just doing it with ease. And you take him out, put DJ Wagner in. That to me just felt like a playing time, like ego type of deal for me. It felt like the end of the Gonzaga game where that part was inexcusable. As far as Cal Perry talked about the second half lineup and that was what got him back in the game. There was no excuse to not have Rob Dillingham out there for the last possession. You have to have Reeves, Reed, no and sense. Dillingham have to be on the floor yeah. for your most important possessions of the game. And we saw it again yesterday. Only 19 minutes out of Rob. I, I think Rob needs to be playing 25 minutes minimum because Completely. of what he brings offensively. And uh, Reed was great facilitating yesterday. Uh, he did really, really well. And I, and I think he's got to get most of the minutes. Just the fact that he can create, that he creates. He's just got great court vision. Defense has a little, been a little bit better for him. Uh, and Ugo, man, what the heck? Ten blocks. Most since Nerlens Noel had 12 against Yeah, 12. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. So I, I had to go to dinner last night, so I caught up to the game a little bit late. And I was checking on my phone, of course, because I'm rude. I was doing that at dinner. Yeah. And, um, you know, and it was seven blocks with like a, a good amount of time to go in the first half. I could not believe that. So great move by him. It was nice to get a little taste of what um, a, a full uh, a full roster, a healthy roster would feel like. And then, yeah. of course, Trey Mitchell goes down. I, I guess it was his shoulder. Uh, yeah, it, it seems to be. Went out again. Yep. Which is unfortunate because I, I just think you really need him um, in the post. But, you know, a lot of good things um a lot of good things to see it just felt like offense was back on track um my one my one complaint is there were some still some miscues defensively a Thiero just seemed like he didn't really know I don't want his dad to come after me on Twitter because he's want to do that but um he he just seemed like he was he missed his assignments a lot defensively and he hurts them you know I I, I think my ideal lineup for Kentucky would be Reeves, Reed Shepard, Dillingham, mm-hmm. and then Trey Mitchell and I would say Ugana, you know. I think it's got to be over Bradshaw at this point because you see what Onyenso brings on the defensive end of the floor. Bradshaw, look, he is what he is at this point, and I think he's been kind of disappointing because he can't really play through physicality, doesn't rebound the way that you would expect a guy of his size to do. Only had four rebounds yesterday. Nobody really dominated. Reeves is actually the leading rebounder, which is surprising. Kind of tells you yep. something about the front line. I'll, I'll say this, though. I think a guy that we haven't mentioned his name yet that's really started to come on the last three or four games, Justin Edwards. He had 12 points. I'm seeing more of an aggression out of him than what we've seen all season long, and he's one of the rare guys on this team that I think is not afraid of contact. He's good at going to the rim, absorbing contact, getting to the free throw line, and I think that aggressiveness is helping him out. His shooting has been much better as of late. This is the Justin Edwards that we've been kind of waiting to see all year. We just need to see that go up another Mm -hmm. notch or so, and if we get a better version of Justin Edwards with the guard that they already have, that's going to be a tough team to handle offensively more than they already are. Yeah, see, I feel a little bit differently about that. It was good to get him going. I think he what, he had seven points. Uh, let's see, what did he have overall? He had 12 overall. He had 12. He had seven in the first half, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, and I, I think to me, 
to be honest, I don't completely buy into it. I think it's lesser competition. To me, it, it, it's a lack of aggression. It's a lack of knowing his role. It's a lack of assertiveness. I still think others maybe deserve a few more of his minutes, but it is good to see him get going um, a bit. But the biggest thing for me, let's talk about plus minus column. Yeah. Reed Shepard plus 19. If that doesn't tell you anything about who needs to be on the floor, there you go, right here. Rob is actually only four. Yeah. Well, Aaron Bradshaw, 16. Yeah, that that's why plus minus sometimes is a misleading stat. Now, if it ha- happens enough, like it is happening with Reed Shepard, that says something. And Reed needs to play the most minutes of everybody on this team. And he's played he played 32 minutes yesterday. Mm-hmm. I think that's about the right number that Reed Shepard needs to be out there for. Yep. Uh, and let's see. We got DJ minus four. We got a two minus eight. I think a lot of that is just def- the defensive breakdowns. But yeah, mm-hmm. Justin Edwards, I mean, 12 points. He was four of five uh, free throws, four of seven field goals, 0 of one from three. But, uh, you know, got a few rebounds, grabbed a couple rebounds and uh, a couple assists. Few turnovers though, which wasn't great, but that was a team thing yesterday. They turned the ball over. It ended up being fifteen times. I think nine of those were in the first half. Mm-hmm. They were really sloppy. The first five, six minutes of the game, and you thought, Oh, here we go again. Another slow start. And that's been a recurring theme for this team. The first half has just been a big bugaboo for them. And yet they were up fifteen at half because they yep. did a much better job. They corralled uh, the turnover issues, the defense played their best stretch I think they've played all year, and the shot selection I thought was really good for the first time in a couple of games consistently. We saw the first half shooting-wise against Gonzaga I don't think was great. The second half they were able to get to the rim. They had quality shots for the most part. But really throughout the entirety of the game yesterday, save maybe for the first four minutes of the second half, I thought their shot selection was really good. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, just reading some text here. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Great advice from a single person for life, Zach. You see this is what they're saying for you. <laughs> Bet. Let's see this one. Uh, my best pickup line is I is girl. I watch lots of sports radio. I mean, you listen. I don't know if you're watching, but yeah. I, I love that. I don't take. think people watch sports radio. <laughs> Every night, ESPN Plus, people are watching now. It says, I watch a lot of sports radio. I know where to get all the cheap rings. And baby, maybe you ain't for me, but I love that for you. Love that for you and yours. Uh how about this? What? How have none of you schlubs come up with Top Golf for a date night? Oh, that was the V show. Oh, was it the yeah. V show? What else were they staying? Where else were people um, going on dates there? I what, don't necessarily the disagree with that. Top Golf seems like a great date night spot because, I mean, who doesn't like getting out there hitting a couple of balls? Yeah. You're able to go out to dinner and everything. <laughs> yeah. Like, come right on. There. Have who, you been yet? I've never actually been to a Top Golf. Nor have I. Nor have I. But I loved following the drama of when that Top Golf came here to Louisville. Uh, let's see. What, 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 how about this? And we'll get uh, onto this a, bit, a little bit later in the show, but uh, hey, Anna, how about Chris Mack to Ohio State? Yeah, I've already started that. I said, you, you heard it here first. If Chris Mack ends up being the head coach at Ohio State, I want full credit, just saying. Okay. You his agent now, Zach, you see? I'm trying to be his agent. I've heard, And by the way, I put that out for about two or three different names of you heard it here first. So I, I'm giving myself a couple of opportunities to claim full credit. Mm. For the next, I can't wait to see if, if Chris Mack goes to Ohio State, and I actually think that could 
be a decent spot for him considering what he did at Xavier to see the Louisville fans lose their minds over Chris Mack if he succeeds. Could you at believe Ohio it State. if he were successful there? Oh, I think he absolutely would be successful at Iowa State, but we can get into that later. We can get into that later. We're going to save that for a little bit later on. Uh, Texter says, You were looking at your phone at dinner last night. That is why you have no Valentine today. Rough. Were you spying Whoa, on me? Was, where was I at dinner? Text me that, and then we'll know if you're for real. Uh, how about this one? UK still needs to get six more wins to not sweat on Selection Sunday. You're right. You are right. Hey, girl, want to go to UofL game with me and my homie, Karan Davis? Yeah. We'll sit together, maybe share a large popcorn. You never know. You never know. So, big one at Auburn coming up yeah. for the Cats. Zachy C, what are you thinking? What is the um, what's the temperature of the post-game show? What, what was said last night? Yeah, I'm not... I'm more optimistic about that trip than I think a lot of people are. Gandolfo and Entz were a little bit down on that game. I look at Auburn, they could be the best team in the SEC, and I think playing in that environment is going to be really difficult for them, especially for a Kentucky team that has not really handled road atmospheres all that well this year. Texas A&M comes to mind. Auburn is also a team that hasn't beaten a lot of great teams either. Their their record is based on beating quad two teams and some bottom of the tier quad one teams. The best team they beat is Alabama, and they did that yeah. last week, and that was a really good win for them. Kentucky still has the talent advantage. There's no doubt about it. Hmm. And if they can put together what they did yesterday, if they can sprinkle a little bit of that defense and take it down to Auburn, I think they've got a real chance to win that game. The fact that uh, advanced metrics has them as a double digit underdog. I don't really see that. I think Auburn should be favored certainly, but I think Auburn's more a four or five point favorite than an 11 point favorite. I think Kentucky has a real chance to go on the road and steal that game. Having said that, can they overcome their road issues? And a young team winning on the road in the SEC, very difficult to do. So I don't know how confident I am that they're going to do it, but I'm more confident than I think a lot of Kentucky fans seem to be about that. Yeah, see, I don't agree with that. I think Auburn has become one of the toughest places to play in the SEC. And if you're already losing at home, I think that's going to be a hard thing. They have talent there. They have experience there. Uh, Bruce Pearl's a great coach, and I just think Auburn has become a really tough environment. So where do you stand on this? They got a big game with South Carolina tonight, by the way. They do. Lamont Paris, baby, the star. Another guy's in the Ohio State coaching search. As he should be. Oh, is he firmly in Louisville's? Because I I, I feel like he should be. He should be. Shreble and I have talked about that. I think he needs to get a good look, but it was refreshing. We'll talk about that a little bit later on it was refreshing to see him um you know in Ohio State's uh searching coach because I uh, coaching search because I, I I think he deserves to be there he's the darling he's the star of the SEC this year mm-hmm. um they're leading the SEC okay so how do you feel about this yeah after Kentucky beat Vanderbilt what were your thoughts did you think it was a get right game how much did that prove to you did you think nothing. it proved nothing okay it was Vanderbilt they're they're worst they're the worst team in the SEC I just thought of it as a get right game of course they're going to make a billion threes and you know if they could do that against everybody then they'd be great but they're not going to do that against everybody I look at the Ole Miss win with more optimism than okay I at that's the what I was going to ask you yeah 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 Anna needs to do the tri-state men's health read for Valentine's Day. (laughs) No, thank you. You can Venmo me, maybe. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, I don't think I can even do that right now. I'm too young for that. You're too young. We're too innocent. We don't know anything about that. Um, No, I agree. Ole Miss was the same for me. About maybe a little bit above Vanderbilt, but it was at home, you know, right? It doesn't show me too much of... It wasn't like a turnaround game. It doesn't really change anything of what I thought about this 
team. Let me ask you this. Is it possible that getting away from Rupp is actually good for them right now? With having lost three uh, of the last four there. Nah, not if you're going to a place like Auburn. Yeah, no. yeah that's fair. Uh, I, I really don't think so. But... Um, yeah. So what else was said on the postgame show last night? What did y'all talk about? What else? Uh, we talked basically just about Shepard and how invaluable he is and all that kind of stuff. The same stuff that we've been talking about all year. The fact that, you know, Antonio Reeves had a good game, but not a great game. Mm-hmm. It was spread out. And Calipari brought this up. And of course, we knew Calipari was going to play this card. That is, can you see what my team looks like now that we're fully healthy? And <laughs> as of course, as soon as he say, says that, Trey Mitchell gets hurt. So are, they're not fully healthy again. DJ is kind of easing himself back in, you know, it, 18 minutes, uh, four points, four assists. But he is clearly the best on-ball defender. I don't think yeah. there's any doubt about that. But it's, we know what this Kentucky team is as far as their ceiling. Their ceiling is still as high as just about anybody, maybe with the exception of UConn and Purdue, because I think they've kind of separated themselves from the rest of college basketball. But this is also a team that if they lost in the first round, it would not surprise anybody in the slightest. So I don't really know what to make of Kentucky. They're going to be one of those teams that they're going to make or break people's brackets just based on how far they have them going, because they're going to be one of those volatile teams that somebody's going to make them, you know, hey, they're a five seed that's going to go to the Final Four or you know, they're going to lose in the first round and somebody's going to be very wrong. Mm-hmm. I just personally hate that excuse of, look, we're fully healthy. Same. You have a wealth of riches there. Like, I don't want to hear that. That should be the benefit of, of all you have in your backcourt, all you have in your front court. You know, when you started the season, you didn't necessarily have the depth there in the front court, but look what you have now. So that irks me when Cal says something like, oh, you can see what we're like when we're fully healthy. That's why you get all of the that, you know, just wealth of riches there at every single position. Five-star, four-star guys, four-star guys, it shouldn't make a difference if you have a few guys out. That's why you do that. See, that's the why talent drop-off is not as big. Yeah, that's you know why what I'm you saying? Have, that's why you have the depth that this team is supposed to have. I mean, it's not supposed to be a big talent drop-off. And yeah, Guess what? Everybody else has injuries. Everybody has injuries. Everybody's dealing with something. And this is still the most talented roster or the second most talented roster in the SEC, even if you take out DJ Wagner for a couple games, even if you take out Trey Mitchell for a couple games. You should be able to have the depth to make up for that. And I don't know if it's scheme. I don't know what it is. But uh, up until yesterday, they were losing games pretty much the exact same way. Nothing was really all that different from a defensive standpoint. They would have a couple stretches. They'd go cold, some play calls down the stretch. The fact that this play season, calls. yeah, this year, they're, uh, they've had five games where they had late game opportunities to win mm-hmm. or tie. They didn't even get a shot up. No, I know. Not even, not, only, not, only the, not that they're 0 for 5 as far as they just missed five shots. They didn't get a shot. I know it. five possessions. That's and come on, that's baffling. coaching. You could have all the talent in the world. You could have a whole NBA roster. And if that's not happening, come on. Yeah. All right, Zach, you see, what kind of sound do we have from post-game Kentucky yesterday? What do we got? We basically just have KP sound. All the Just KP? We don't have any good uh, Cal cats didn't really say um, anything all that interesting. That's no. not surprising. Ugo was good, though. Ugo said he had himself a block party, which was very he true. Sure I was very excited to see him out there. He needs to be he's starting over Bradshaw. I think he is now. And I like that Calipari, we, we've kind of grilled him on some of his coaching moves this year. The one thing I'm going to give him a lot of credit for is that he had the awareness that Ugo is a better defensive player and a better fit for the starting lineup than Bradshaw. When it's mm-hmm. so easy to just look at the talent that Bradshaw has because he's a five-star guy and he 
he's supposed to be a top 10 pick and all that. There's a lot of coaches that are so stubborn and see the recruiting background. We got to play this guy. He's got to play his way through it. And John Calipari decided, no, Hugo is a better defenser, defender. He's a better fit for this team. And he's in the starting five over the more talented Bradshaw. So I got to give him his flowers for that. I completely agree with that. He's just a different type of, more more of an Anthony Davis type presence in the post. Because I think Aaron Bradshaw even wants to kind of, I think ideal for him would be a four position or even, you know, floating out to the three-point line a bit. I think that's yeah. where he wants to be. He, he, he's a tall guy. He's not a big guy, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, there is a big difference between that, by the way. A lot of people don't seem to realize how much of a difference it is between you can be tall, but you can be skinny and easily moved around, or you can be a big guy that is a tough physical body. And, you know, Bradshaw kind of fits the he's tall, but he's kind of lanky. And mm-hmm. Hugo is actually a bigger guy. Yep, and it was nice to see a little bit of full-court press going on yesterday, too. I love the intensity there, pressure. You know what I would like to see? It's kind of on my secret wish list. I'd love to see a little bit of... a little bit of a zone. How much, how great would that, in terms of helping with the pick and roll, yep. I would love to see a little bit of a zone. I'm so surprised more college programs don't play a zone. Yeah, it's because the thought process is if you can't play man-to-man, then you're probably not going to be able to play zone, but I'm with Which you. Which is not true. When you're implementing and you're experimenting and you're seeing right now that the way that they're playing defense clearly isn't working. Mm-hmm. Why not try and do something different? Because when you're struggling on help, you're struggling on switches, yeah. you keep losing man, your man. You don't know where your assignment is. Okay, your assignment is just this plot of land. Yes. Come on, Cal. Give what? us a zone, man. Why do you think Jim Beheim was able to win so many games for so many years? Because he ran a 2-3 zone, and everybody knew their assignments, and they were always one of the best defensive teams in the country. Mm-hmm. And that's something that maybe Cal could experiment with right now. What's he got to lose? The, the pick and roll is the reason they lost the Gonzaga game because Gonzaga kept running pick and roll over and over and over again and it seems like they were so worried about Gonzaga's three-point shooting ability that they forgot to play pick and roll and it's kind of a pick your poison right now because one's going to beat you if the other doesn't and they just got to be able to figure something out they've got to be able to collapse on the inside and you can't just switch everything because you switch everything somebody's going to miss an assignment somebody's going to be wide open and Ole Miss they had a lot of open shots yesterday. They just didn't make it. Exactly. I think that's why I'm not buying in to, oh, it's such a great defensive performance. No, Ole Miss just didn't execute offensively. They had looks. They had open looks. Yeah. They just didn't get it done. There, you was, know? there was a stretch in the second half yesterday where Kentucky, I think, scored two points in about four, four and a half minutes, and Ole Miss really couldn't make up any ground no. they couldn't make anything. It was like half a century before anyone scored. That was rough. Any other team is going to look a little bit different. So I'm not buying into all that hype. I did love the press. I did yeah. love what that does um, for the pace. But, yeah. So, I want to know your all's thoughts. Um, text us. What's the text line, Zach? 437-9680. Oh, I can't remember that. 437-9680. Text us. Let us know. We need some text today, y'all. Let's get it going. Want to know your thoughts on the game. Want to know your thoughts of how you feel about Rob Dillingham's minutes. Did he play enough? What is your ideal lineup? I want to know all of it. I also want to know your Valentine's Day plans. Please, you guys, let us know. It's the day of love. But we're going to head to break, and we will be right back. More uh, with the roundtable on ESPN 680. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. 
To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. You're listening to the Round Table with Round Daddy. Now here's Round Daddy, James Striebel. Yo, 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 Anna Tarullo in for the Round Daddy today. Happy Valentine's Day. You guys, the text line is slacking. I don't know whether y'all are scared because I told y'all to behave on Twitter X. It is a little bit scary to be in charge of this text line. I'm not going to lie to anybody. But as long as y'all are behaving, come on, let's talk V-Day. Let's talk cats. Let's talk cards. Um, let's talk Ash Wednesday. What are you giving up for Lent? What should I give up for Lent? I want to know. I want to know all of it. Did you sin yesterday on Fat Tuesday? What is going on? Um, in the break, I got a little text here. Um, a little bit of breaking-ish news that Texas Athletic Director Chris Del Conte confirms the SEC is progressing to a nine-game schedule by the 2026 season. So that's football, yeah. of course. Um, I, I don't think that is shocking. I, I feel like that was a bit on the table. We knew that was happening, but he said we have eight games scheduled right now. We're working on going to a nine-game schedule, but we have a ways to go with that. I would say this year we have an eight-game schedule. Following year we have another eight-game schedule, then we'll look at going to a nine-game conference schedule. Talk about the freaking gamut that i mean sec is tough already imagine nine sec games that would be easy for anybody especially a team <clears throat> not naming any names who tend to be middle of the pack and have trouble kind of you know taking that next step for mm-hmm. getting more wins than seven i don't know just throwing that out there just a hypothetical how many mac teams can they schedule that's what i'm saying can't do it anymore when, when you're playing a nine game sec schedule that's just tough man yeah. uh-huh. uh but yeah that that just seems consistent that seems um correct so So 2026 is when the big, big, big scheduling changes will take place. Zachy C. So we talked cats. Let's talk a little bit of cards. So yesterday, um, you know, Sky Clark out with a broken rib. Uh, but they, they did all right versus Boston College, uh, led for a lot of the first half and then, Brakes kind of, wheels kind of fell off after that first half. What did you see? Did you watch the game? I know they were kind of on at the same time as the Cats. Yeah, that's what uh, the beauty of YouTube TV and multi-screens is for. So. Oh, did they have an option for that, for uh, watching both? I had it on my phone. Ah, so. okay. There that? you go. Technology, baby. Yeah, that's where we're at in technology. We thought we'd have jetpacks instead. We just have be YouTube on the TV. Well, we can <laughs> watch our games. mediocre right. basketball They teams. had jetpacks, by the way. I saw like a highlight film for Super Bowl One, and they had guys flying around jetpacks in 57 Super Bowl years. One? Yeah, like back in 67. So. They had that back then? Yeah. Why don't we all have one That's now? We didn't even have phones then. Yeah, what are we doing? Get 57 together, years later, we're not going, we're not traveling regularly by jetpack. I should Who's be able in to, charge of that? NASA? Who I, do we, Elon? I want a jetpack from my place downtown to here every day. Yeah. You I would crash many? that. I'd be oh. in a tree. The big Anna's late again. She got stuck in, a, in an oak tree. Yeah. But, we lost her. But no, Louisville offensively in the first half they really moved the ball around I thought 
the the thing that benefits this team unironically is I think short shortening the bench actually helps them mm-hmm. out. So they're not playing as many guys. So you're relying more on Tyler Johnson. You're relying more on Brandon Hunley Hatfield. Hunley Hatfield played 36 minutes. Mike James played 36 minutes. Uh, Trey White played 34 minutes. Tyler Johnson played 30 minutes. So you've got guys playing heavy minutes. And they're giving you solid contributions in the first half. They shot the ball pretty well. They had 47 points. Uh, offensively, that was probably as good of a half as they played all year. Yeah. But I think you could see in the second half the other side of having your bench shortened. And that's that a lot of guys were tired. I mean, they had six guys play 24 minutes or more. Zan Payne played 10 minutes and did little. Uh, Okorafor played three minutes. So they just don't have the depth. And then Boston College is able to hit some shots in front of what 10 people that may have been at the game like you could hear conversations (laughs) you could have a buddy across the court and be able to yell at him he probably could hear you just heard that secret yeah you dropped your pen sir across the (laughs) arena oh man yeah and you know I just think that is the bane of this team. It's whatever's going on at halftime. It's, they usually come out slow, kind of drop it from there. But I would agree with you on the smaller lineup. I don't know whether it just takes... We talked about this a bit yesterday. Strebel, Louis Rebeau, and I, you know, perhaps it, you're... you're if you look at the Cal coaching tree, the Cal coaching style, it's, it's gregarious, it's good people coaches good people people right. you know so you, i guess the less people you're trying to appease you only have these what is louisville really has seven scholarship players that they're really sticking with right now and just sticking with those coaching them up um from there but i don't know defense was not great at all yesterday and once you stop executing on offense it's really a problem yeah bc shot 57 percent for the game over 60 percent in the second half that's just too high of a percentage and defensively that's been a recurring issue for this team all year long Mm -hmm. and i hope what this does it puts some cold water on some of the kp defenders the last couple of weeks have been like you see how much more improved this team Mm -hmm. is and look how cohesive they are they're getting better like okay two things can be true number one they probably are getting better and they're going to win some games because of the talent that's on their roster mm-hmm. nobody said they don't have talent the problem is they're beating up on the bad teams of the ACC their schedule is backloaded as far as they're beating they're playing teams that are not North Carolina Duke and Clemson okay so you you might beat Notre Dame Saturday you beat Florida State you beat uh Georgia Tech and I know Georgia Tech beat Duke and North Carolina earlier in the season but Kenny Payne's 12 and 45 we already know what this Ooh. looks like the non-conference they were just against the 317th ranked non-conference schedule. They went five and seven against that. If you still think Kenny Payne deserves a year three, I don't know what planet you're on at this point. And don't let the end of the season fool you. We see this all the time, like with football, where a bad NFL team will be one and ten or something like that, and they'll win their last five games, and that'll get people to think, "Hey, we finished the season strong. We're going to be good next year." Nope, they're the first eleven games are what you actually are, not the last five. And so I think that's where we are with. Louisville and I just Mm -hmm. I hope fans and I think they are I think they're smart enough to recognize like yes this team is better yes they're winning some games because of talent no that does not mean Kenny Payne should get a year three yeah listen I was firmly in that camp like you got to be on drugs to get him a year three that's what I thought especially just after his first year after winning his that would be bad anywhere much less at a program like Louisville but I don't know what's changed despite Kenny Payne's roster being absolutely decimated by injuries they have made improvements. Sure. I mean, for a while, having a better record in February than Kentucky, that's a big deal. Yeah, they're both tied now, two and two. Or uh, two right? Two, I mean, that's a big... And for Kenny Payne, for for a game like Syracuse to not derail you and to come... You know what I mean? It's a comeback and 
and be able to compete and, and play a lot of games down to the wire. It's not like they're getting blown out every game. I would argue that he really is making improvements. And now the whole Carter Knox situation is throwing a wrench into things, how seriously yeah. he is a Louisville um, recruit, which I, I don't know. I still have a hard time believing that, buying that, fully buying into that. But I think he just how his February, the past, I'd say six weeks have been for Louisville basketball especially in spite of all of the injuries on their roster, what you cannot argue against that Kenny Payne is making improvements with what he has, kind of making more out of what he has. Um, I think the kids, look, the players are playing much better, no question about it. And I think he deserves credit for developing Brandon Hunley Hatfield, who, of course, Strebel has used as a punching bag before. But I know, BHH. He's very good. 9 of 13, 21 points, 9 rebounds yesterday. He was the best big man on the floor in the Louisville-Kentucky game earlier in the season. So I give him his full props for that. I think the team, no doubt about it, has gotten better. The roster, look, but that's what we've talked about all year. The talent is there, but you just build yourself – you dug yourself so much of a hole earlier in the season that even though you're playing better now, mm-hmm. it really doesn't make that much of a difference. And I realize the front part of the ACC schedule was loaded, but this team should not have had any problems beating UMBC. They should have had no problems beating Arkansas State. See, they I don't agree with you there. I think first half of the season, especially college basketball, is so different from college football. The games mean less, right? And if you're not going to be out on a guy after winning four games in an entire season, I don't think they're going. I don't think people are going to be as strict on your first few games. You know, I still think the, the Louisville standard is the Louisville standard, and I talk about this with Ethan Moore and Taylor Lynch all the time. Mm-hmm. These guys, look, the standard is the standard. Your goal. Even if you triple your win total and win 12 games, that's not good enough at Louisville. When you win 16 games in two years, that's not good enough. And if you're a Kenny Payne defender and you want there to be a year three, then that's fine. But you also have to come to the realization that Louisville is not the blue blood program that you think it is. If you think Louisville should be compared to Kentucky, Kansas, North Carolina, if they should be in that class... You cannot accept what's happened in these two yeah, years. Yeah, I agree with that, that you can't accept. I, I think they are more of a blue blood in basketball than football, though, historically. Of course. Um, you know, just with the consensus is, okay, a text. It's not a big deal, Anna. They're, these are asinine statements. They're playing the bum A bottom teams of the ACC now and getting lucky with a couple of wins. Stop it. Did I say they were going to make a Final Four? Did I say they're the in the freaking top 25? Did I say they're going to be in the tournament? No. I said that they are getting better than they were. They're not u- losing to UMBC anymore, texter. I'm not being dramatic. I'm not saying they're great. I'm saying, and what is an improvement? An improvement from four wins last season is my point. Thank you. It's not that it's they're great. It's not like they're top of the ACC. By the way, ACC is confusing, man. What a weird down year. They have four teams, I think, that are projected to make the tournament now, and Virginia just got whooped yesterday against Pitt. And UNC. Yeah, North Carolina. I don't know what's going on there. What is going on there? Unranked Syracuse. That that game, that was a great game, but shoot, seventh-ranked UNC. They fall to unranked Syracuse 86-79. That was the first win for Syracuse over a top-ten team since they beat Zion Williamson's Duke team in 2019. I'm not going to lie to you, I didn't even know who Syracuse's coach was. It's Adrian Autry. 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 Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that until a couple weeks ago. I didn't know ago. that until last night. I was watching a little bit. But they stormed the court, everything. But yeah, UNC, I mean, they lost to Georgia Tech, right? They've lost. Yeah, they've lost to Georgia Tech. They've lost to Clemson at home, which they've only lost to Clemson at home once before. And that was the COVID year in 2020. So they'd never lost to Clemson 
at in Chapel Hill in front of fans. Mm-hmm. So this team a couple weeks ago, we thought of them as a potential Final Four team, and I know they have a win against Duke sandwiched in between all those losses, but they're a lot like Kansas, where Kansas is the best team in the country at home, but they're two and seven away from home. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin can't win on the road. Like all these legitimate teams can't win on the road. And top ten teams on the road against unranked opponents this year are thirty four and thirty four. No way. Yes. Are you serious? Zach, what a freaking start, man. Look at you. Dang. Who was it? Texas? I mean, I'm sorry, Kansas. Was they, it Texas Tech? Yeah, they by got 30? destroyed by 30? It was Texas like by 29. Tech. Yeah. One thing you could say that they do win at home, something Kentucky cannot oh, say every, right everybody. now. everybody. Kansas always wins at home. Always, except Nobody. for if you're a Kentucky coming in there. This is a thing right. that I think is so funny. I can't remember if I've talked about this or not. Usually Calipari against his friends doesn't have a great record, you yeah, know? Yeah, he's handing out wins like Oprah, you know? But not Bill Self. No. Not Bill Self. And I think that, I cannot remember if I've talked about this on air. I talk about it a lot in my personal life. So, you know, that's the same thing to me as on air. Same conversations going on. That's why I love this job so much. But, um, you know, I think that's where I lose respect points for a Bill Self because he's he's like the one guy that Calipari has his number that that he can beat him. Yeah, that which is the weirdest thing, and they should have beaten them earlier this year. And I mean, you look at so the, close. You, know, you look at the schedule tonight. How about Tennessee? They have another chance to lose on the road against an unranked opponent because they're playing Arkansas. They got worked by A and M the other they night. They did. A and M cannot understand who then lost to Vanderbilt. Yeah, on a buzzer beat. Yeah, and they, they've beaten Kentucky and they've beaten Tennessee and they were projected as a six or seven seed and they're going on and losing against Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. The SEC this year, you could just really just kind of say this about all of college basketball except for UConn and Purdue. I can't figure any of these no. teams out. I know what UConn is going to bring me. I know what Purdue is going to bring me. I don't know what anybody else is going to give me on a given basis. Maybe, maybe with the exception of Houston. Because yeah. They're always good defensively. Yeah. But other but then than they that, lost to Kansas, you yeah. know, which well, I, I didn't project that. Well, they lost to Kansas at Kansas. I'm not going to hold that against them. But, you know, the team that's surprising me is Iowa State. They're that, in the top 10. Uh, Cyclones, that? baby. Come on. Yeah. Big 12 is not bad. Why is TJO not brought up for the Louisville job? He took a team that went, went two wins to the Sweet 16 the very next year. So all the Louisville fans that want the patience, let the cake pick. Oh, they won four games last year. They won eight this year. Well, guess what? You can turn it around. It, you, they did it at Iowa freaking State, which isn't exactly a basketball powerhouse. They went from two wins to the Sweet 16. They won two games, and then the next year they won two games in the NCAA tournament. That's what Louisville should strive for. There's yeah. no reason why that can't happen here and that's what i don't get i feel like uh you know who a lot of louisville fan base i'm not saying it's anybody you know involved in the athletic department but what i guess rumors who fan base is focused on it's so narrow-minded and not necessarily the best coaches that are out there we'll talk about this a little bit later on in the show but i'm interested to hear how um you know, the Chris Beard underperformance against Kentucky, how that changed. How, I, I want to know. You guys text in. What's the text line, Zach? 437-9680. I'm going to ask you that every time because I can't remember. 437-9680. And he get that tattooed on me. But text in. I want to know how that changed. If it did change, your all thoughts on Chris Beard. If you like him, uh, you still want him at Louisville. Because uh, to me, especially just looking in the SEC, you're not looking at guys like Lamont Paris. You're not looking at a lot of these kind of wild cards. You wouldn't be looking at Jerome Tang if he didn't do what he did uh you know last season and i guess that's fair but i just think there's a wealth of talent out there yeah um that aren't underperforming at places like like i would say chris beard is doing okay but he's not 
necessarily thrilling people. Well, it um, is Ole Miss. They don't exactly have a great basketball history. I think he's doing a pretty good job there. I mean, Lamont Paris, what he's doing at South Carolina is just is unbe- That's what I'm saying. Like, it's unbelievable what Lamont Paris is doing there because he's coaching him up. Chris Beard, okay, it's great. It's fine. He's not underperforming, but I'm not, like, shocked by the job he's doing. Look at them on defense. They're horrible. Yeah. They're awful. So I'm not – They have a, they're 18-6, and six, so not a horrible record. But Tennessee, I mean, we talk about, you know, they're fourth in the SEC, 17-6. and six. You just brought them up. I'm just circling back to what we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah. You know, they seem like a premier team there, but no one's really just kind of bulletproof um, no. here. This is going to be, as we always talk about, every year is the most wide open tournament and all that kind of stuff. I don't think it's going to be as wide open as last year when you had a nine seed, you had two five seeds and a four seed. That was the weirdest tournament I, that's ever. That's not going to happen this year. But I, UConn looks good as heck. Yeah, UConn's really good. But the names that should be brought up, look, Sean Miller's a name that's going to be thrown out there, what he's doing at Xavier. And, of mm-hmm. course, we all know his checkered past at Arizona. Nate Oates, the Alabama coach, I think should be – near the top of the list for Louisville. Yeah. Uh, they're thinking about like Scott Drew and Jerome Tang and all these names that come to mind. I think Nate Oates should be up there. Dusty May, of course, what he's doing at FAU, taking them to the Final Four last year. Although I this love year, him. Yeah. Scott Drew is who I would want to take over for Calipari but at I just Kentucky. Don't, yeah. I don't... I think Scott Drew might leave for Kentucky. I don't think Scott Drew would leave for Louisville. For Louisville, yeah, no, that makes sense. You, you think Nate? Did you see the um, Trilly Donovan the yeah. saying kind of must bus Eric Musselman? Yeah, could be it for Louisville. He could. Did he say he was a lock? Something like that. He I didn't just, say he was a lock, but he's m- higher on the list than people would think. And he put the names out there as far as the candidates for Ohio State. He said that candidate pool is probably deeper than Louisville's as far as options are concerned. But you see a lot of the similar names that are going to be out there for these kind of jobs. You know, Porter Moser at Oklahoma is a name that so people good. are bringing up. Mick Cronin. I don't really get the whole Mick Cronin thing. I do not get the Mick Cronin thing. Um not at all. Uh, let's see. Texter. It does It does nothing. Chris Beard with an Ole Miss talent level team proves nothing in one game against UK. It's not about one rivalry game at this point. He'll get you back to when, where UML needs to be. I do not agree with that. I think he could do a lot better. I don't Truthfully. think it. I agree in the sense that I'm not going to change my opinion on Chris Beard just based on this game alone. But I don't necessarily think Chris Beard is the best option for them. Mm-hmm. I realize, of course, you can talk about all the off-the-court stuff all you want. And that plays a big factor in it. And he did have a great run at Texas Tech, but it wasn't like he was lighting the world on fire at Texas when he has better resources than what he has at Ole Miss and he mm-hmm. had at Texas Tech. So yeah. Chris Beard's a good coach, but he's not a guy that I would have at the top of the list. And when you pair there. it with the off-the-court stuff, exactly. like, not worth it. Hello. Like, if you have off-the-court damage, that's not good as it is, but he's not a good enough coach at a level that is so far and above everybody else that it kind of excuses that. Yeah. Like, why would you want to deal with the background and deal with the fallout that comes from that if you don't have a coach that's infinitely better than everybody else and you can just kind of say, well, we're going to win a bunch of games and people will forget it. I don't think that's the case with Chris Beard. Yeah, no, I would agree with you. What about Eric Musselman? Um, I don't know if he would be the best fit. I like his personality. Musk um, is one of those guys that can't stay anywhere very long because he kind of burns people out, and I think you're hearing some rumors of he's that running and at gunning, Arkansas. Maybe. Now, his style of play is pleasing to watch, and of course he's had tournament success. He's been to a couple of Elite Eights and been to the Sweet 16, I think three straight tournaments now at Arkansas, and he did it at Nevada too, went to the Sweet 16 there. Nobody denies that Eric Musselman coach, but I don't think he's necessarily a long-term fit here and – he is so reliant on transfers with what he's done at Arkansas. This year, the transfer portal class did not hit. 
And you need to be mm. able to balance both of those because eventually you're going to run into a portal class that just doesn't hit and you see the results this year with Arkansas. They're 12 and 11. They're pretty much out of any consideration for the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's let's circle back a little bit. Um, let, wait, hold on. Let me read this text real quick. It says, I don't think UK fans would be patient enough with Scott Drew to have success at the level that they want on his timeline. Uh, that's valid. I think that makes sense. I think he's one hell of a freaking coach, though. I just wish, can Cal just stay in a recruiter role? And we just have another guy take over the ones and twos, the X's and L's. But let's circle back to Louisville. Uh, we have some KP sound. From from last night post game, um, what do we got, Zachy C? Let's see. So we've got one that's a, a tale of two halves. The first half, pretty good. Second half, eh, could have been better. Here's what KP had to say about that. Okay, I'm not telling you something you don't know. It's a tale of two different teams. First half, really good and really good finish to the half. Then the second half, just more than anything, it looked like you could never slow them down defensively. What are you seeing from the defense that's got to get better? Well, in this particular game, Bob, I just thought they got more physical. They played harder, and we submitted to them. Uh, I thought the first half we were the aggressors. We attacked them. We played good defense. Um, It wasn't perfect, but we fought Second half, they came out. We turn the ball over. We take bad shots. We don't make a conscious effort to fight to keep our guys in front of us, to fight to get stops. And they go on a run, and they put us on our heels the rest of the way. And so it shows up when you see a 20-point lead in the second half. They beat us by 20. Shows up when you see they shoot 60% from the field and 64% from three in the second half. Who are you going to beat when you think you're just going to outscore people? Um, and it's not just one person. It's a combination of different guys. What else we got? We got any more KP sound? Yeah, we got a lot of KP sound. There's a, Let's talk about him playing playing without Sky Clark, of course. With oh, that'll Reds. be good. That's a big one. So let's hear that. Here's what he had to say about playing without Sky Clark. I'm not trying to give you an out, but this is the kind of game Sky would have made a difference because you could put him on a guy who's getting hot like you did in the last game against Georgia Tech. He's the closest thing really you have to somebody who put defensive clamps on somebody. Well, I, I agree with you, but he wasn't with us, and somebody else has to step yeah. up. That's what this game is. Uh, all these kids say that they want to be the guy. They want to be the guy to help us win. Well, help us win on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't take the road of least resistance. Take the toughest road. And that's, that's you know, it's a little disappointing for me because we had made strides. We are making strides. We are a better team. When we play together, we look better. Um, but we can't have setbacks like this. We just can't. Yeah, I think Tyler Johnson has done a good job of stepping up, though. But, yeah, I mean, how much grace do you give KP for the injuries for the roster? What else we got? What else he talk on, Zachy C? Oh, I got something for you. We got something good cooking up. Let's see. Why don't you start there, Mitch? Where's your grace? Where's your gratitude? You can't be We're grateful to John Calipari. Say, I accept the apology. We need to smooth this over. He told Cal. He didn't give him another spanking. Yeah, there's your grace. Right Come on, there. there's your grace. There's your gratitude. Let's, let's start there. Let's start there. Let's see. <laughs> let's read a little text here. Beard was 22 and 12 during COVID-19 and 7 and 1 at Texas. That is, that's good. That is good. I uh, don't disagree with that. Uh, what is this? Let's see. Worldwide West uh, to coach Louisville next year. LOL. I'm glad you put the LOL on that. Can we, I, there's a 
pet peeve from the broadcast yesterday I want to talk about. Yeah, real briefly. Give it to us. Every What's time up? Jay Billis comes to Kentucky, the it's ice cream about thing, the damn soft serve. Ice I know, cream. Dog. I get it, Jay. But, we get it. We've had it. We know about it. But I Jay. can get soft serve ice cream at Dairy Queen or literally any ice cream place, and it's equally as good. And you know who had some real thoughts about that? Who did? One James Strebel. Here's Strebel what he did. What did he say? And shame on you, Jay Billis, <laughs> for trying to steal that kid's spotlight and give it back to Zion Williamson, oh, you yeah. hack. You leg-humping, there you go, Andy, sweetie, you leg-humping <laughs> hack. No one's talked about John Morant all season long in the country except for college basketball insiders. So the kid has a great game, scores a triple-double, upsets a five-seed, and you still got to swing off Zion Williamson. Shut up, Jay Billis. Play that next time he comes on the V Show. <laughs> that in your hat. I like Jay Billis. I'm a fan. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. But I like, yeah, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Yeah, Shreve with some strong thoughts on JB, um, the man. I like Jay Billis, but the whole fascination with the ice cream. It's just every game, dog. I get it, dog. Like, talk about it once. That's great. Let's see you eat Let's some nachos or something. Yeah. Like, give us a little food tour. Yeah, That'd like, be a good SEC Network or somebody hire me. Yeah, like I'll just do food tour. Yeah, like Todd Blackledge used to do Taste of the Town. Like, yeah. That's something I want to see a basketball guy do. Is just yeah. go to Rupp and tell me what's the best food. Eat popcorn Lexington. with Karan Davis. Like, yeah. just let us know what's good. Karan Davis. I love <laughs> the ultimate troll. Karan Davis getting kicked off the team. What's your fave, like, stadium food? What's your what's your go-to? Ooh, stadium food. You know... Nachos are up there. Oh the yeah, hot dog. Hot dog. Hot dog's so good. Uh, Freedom Hall used to have like really good hot dogs, and it always used to smell like candy in there. It just always smells yeah. so good. Popcorn is always a always is a choice. big one. Nachos so, so good. Now I'm hungry. I like stadium popcorn more than I like movie popcorn. No. Yeah. What the heck, Zach? Movie popcorn, a lot of times there's too much butter in them. Now much. I want to go see a movie and eat the popcorn. Man, I'm going to take myself always, on a date tonight. They're overpriced as all hell, too. So. Always. Duh. That's so good. Um, yeah, okay, I love that. I don't think a basketball game would be where I'd want to eat ice cream. It takes too much focus away. Yeah, plus, you know? I mean, especially inside, it usually is like pretty hot, so it might and, melt you know, pretty quick. All that. See, I love ice cream. I haven't eaten enough ice cream recently. Chocolate because- or vanilla guy. I'm chocolate and peanut butter. Okay, nice. Chocolate and vanilla. I like the swirl. I like the swirl. I'll go with the swirl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I like vanilla. I stick to that. It's my fave. I know a lot of people like to do these exotic ice cream flavors. Yeah. I'm like, no, keep it simple. Here's the best of the best. Here's the question. And guys, text in. Please don't be scared. I know Strebel's not here. He's your fave, but you can text too. Text me. Okay, um, mint Ice cream, mint and chocolate. What do you think about that? What are you? This is good and evil. Yeah. On Ash Wednesday here, what are you feeling? What are you uh, thinking? I mean, I'm fine with it. It's not something that I necessarily I don't crave. rock with it. Like I'm okay with it. If if somebody gives me a mint chocolate ice cream, I'll eat it. But yeah. I'm not necessarily going to the ice cream shop looking for it. It's too much like toothpaste, man. It's weird. So, yeah, that's it's like rumple mints, you know. The, oh, ew, yeah, bad memories on that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's college. Oh, um, yeah. Back, back when you would drink anything, but the aftertaste felt like toothpaste. But you're smelling fresh, though. You're smelling you fresh just, for the ladies at the bar. Yeah, there's a reason I drank rumple mints back then. <laughs> it's a Valentine's Day treat. I love it. <laughs> All right, so we got Dusty, uh, Dusty Baker. We got him coming up at four, Zach. Yeah, he's in for Kendrick, um, so we will talk to him in just a few minutes, but right now we'll send it to break, and you are listening to The Roundtable on ESPN 680.